I can see all those who are hopefully blessed by the weekend. Thank you to Dallas and Fern for coming and pouring into me and my wife. We received and um, and this great house for hosting it. But just want to say a Merry, huge thank you to Danny and Betty for uh, trusting us to come and and pour into the marriage couples here. We're we're very young. We've been married 30 years, but, um, you know, we, we, we don't have a lot to give, but what we do have, we want to give. And so thank you. I, and I told Paula, I said, my God, I had no idea how famous he was. She's like, what do you mean? I said, man, there's restaurants named after him. <laughs> I was driving by. I saw, wow, there's Denny. What? I didn't, I didn't know that. So very powerful. <laughs> Such an honor to be with you this morning. My wife is here. Miss Paula, would you stand? Greet the people. Look at, look at that. After 18 years of youth ministry, I would tell the guys all the time, I said, guys, you don't have to be attractive, just be anointed, and God will send you somebody like that. If you'll just pray and seek Him, He will send you somebody like that. I don't know how I deserve, I don't deserve her, but I, I, I'm grateful that the Lord gave her to me. We have two beautiful girls back home. We call Gainesville, Georgia home. Anybody ever heard of Gainesville, Georgia? couple of you? Well, Dawsonville is where our church is. We have been in revival for five years. I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I guess tonight is week 273 of the North Georgia revival, and so we'll be flying out after the second service from Louisville, getting back into Atlanta. And typically how the service goes, we meet on uh, Sunday afternoons around 4.30 with about 150 to 200 volunteer leaders. That's how many volunteers it takes to, to, to run this baptismal service. It's a it's a revival of uh, um, healing, miracles, salvations, deliverance, anything you could ever see Jesus do. You're, you're, you're seeing it in Dawsonville, Georgia, and other cities and countries around the world. We went to Seoul, Korea. The fire of God fell in Seoul, Korea. We baptized about 1,400 people in, uh, in Seoul, Korea. I think 800, 900 people in Anaheim, California in about three nights. We've baptized 32,000 plus people in five years at the Dawsonville, North Georgia Revival. Did y'all hear that? 32,000 people from all over the world. And it started, the revival started after um, our pastor and the executive staff and our elders got to a place of desperation where we said, God, you either have to move or you can just go ahead and move us. We just got tired of doing church and tired of doing the religious thing. We wanted to see the Jesus of the Bible come to life in the, in, in the 2020, 2023. We wanted to see Jesus do what he did back then. I just believe that what Jesus did then, he still wants to do now. He's still moving, man. He's still doing miracles. He's still restoring marriages. He's still healing blind eyes and deaf ears. He's still causing the lame to walk, the blind to see. He's doing it. And so, and so we typically have a meeting about 4.30, meet with our team, 5 o'clock. We have corporate prayer. We pray seven times a week, one hour each time. Corporately, we pray. We, we have kids that come in and pray with the kids' ministry. We have youth that come and pray with just the youth and leadership. And five hours throughout the week, we open it up for our congregation to come for an hour and just get on their face and pray and sometimes just walk the sanctuary. That's, why, that's what moves the heart of God. That's what moves the needle for Jesus to move in our life. It's prayer. Always has been, always will be. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and worship and preach and travel and do ministry. No, no, no. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face, not just my hand. 
Not just what I can give you, but my face, who I am, my character, my nature, my goodness. If you'll seek my face, turn from your wicked ways. Can't keep talking the same way we talk. Can't keep doing the same thing. Well, okay. He said, if you'll do that, I'll do this. That's what he said. If you'll do that, I will do this. If, if you'll do this, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will heal your land. And so we have seen some of the most mind-blowing miracles in the past five years. 32,000 baptisms that, that, that are absolutely, I don't even know how to explain it. Our pastor had a vision of, of fire on the water. He was a former Southern Baptist, never had an open vision in his life. Until we got so broken and so hungry for the Lord, he's walking around the sanctuary praying, and he's walking on our platform, and he sees our baptistry that was filled about four times a year for new converts. That's when we would baptize. We would, we would get about 20, 30 people, you know, over the course of a couple of months that were newly, uh, newly converted. We would offer a water baptism. So about four times a year, we would fill it up. Well, this particular night, it was empty. He's walking across the platform, and he sees an open vision. He sees the baptistry filled with water and a strip of fire on top. You ever seen those action movies where they had, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd put the match down, and that trail of fire would go? And Well, he saw that constantly on the water. And the Lord spoke to him and said, get ready. I'm about to start baptizing in Holy Spirit fire. We didn't know what that meant. Until the Lord started baptizing in Holy Spirit fire and we started watching sin get burned out of people's lives. Anger getting burned out of people's lives. Can, can I... Sh- Amen. Am I in the right place? Is this... <laughs> well, but before we get into that, before we get into the word this morning, I've got a couple of things we just want to share. Um, after Easter... Uh, I designed this t-shirt, very simple, but I just wanted people to know, I wanted something to wear to let people know that not only did he rise up on Easter Sunday, but God is still undefeated. Amen. Never lost a battle, never will, <laughs> never, never plant losing is not on the agenda for him. And so this is a great conversation piece. I wear this in the gym frequently and I have a, a lot of the guys, are like, mm-hmm. they'll point and some, some people actually walk up and they're like, man, I love that. What does it mean? <laughs> and so I get to share the gospel with them. I get to tell them Jesus healed. He won. The enemy thought he had him, but he came up out of that grave. He came up out of that tomb, and he's still undefeated. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and he wants to provide victory in your life. So, so we have that out, the little resource table out there. Just brought a couple of things we're, we're offering this morning. And this is the latest book. When you guys were up here talking about hearing from heaven, hearing the voice of God, man, my, my, my spirit started leaping. This is a five-year uh, work. It took me five years to write the book, not because it's so thick, uh, so much in it, but because uh, in youth ministry, 18 years of youth ministry, we were always uh, at schools in the morning at seven o'clock doing meetings with the kids. We were always at a ball game, football game, basketball game, tennis match, golf, walking with the kids. We were always hosting events at our home, at the church. We just, when you do youth ministry, there's no sleep. <laughs> You're going 90 to nothing. You know what it takes to do youth ministry. And so 18 years of that, we were just always so busy, but I would have to write when I would find five minutes or six minutes or two minutes, I would put some notes in my phone or write some notes on a legal pad. And it took five years to compile uh, into this book, Echo Heaven. And it's all about, listen, I don't know about you, but I've heard too many pastors, preachers, evangelists, and you know, political leaders share their opinions for far too long. Yeah. I don't need somebody else's opinion. I want to know what, what does God say about it. 
just tell me what the tell me what the book says about it, and that's what I'm going to go with. I don't need somebody else's opinion or your flavor or your style. I just want to know what does God say. And so, through some research and studies, um, Echo Heaven is basically about what we can do as believers to fine tune an ear to hear the voice of God, and what are some things we can do to prevent us, to block us from hearing the voice of God. God's always speaking. He's always speaking. It's whether or not we choose to put ourselves in a place and proximity to hear Him. And this is so funny, Pastor, that the Bible says in the Old Testament there was a man named Eli, the priest of the tabernacle, and Samuel that were in the same place until it was time to, to go to bed. And Eli, the Bible says, went to his own place. But Samuel went and laid in the temple right by the ark of God. And Samuel hears the voice of God. Eli didn't. The priest of God didn't hear the voice of God. The Bible says in that day, the the word of the Lord and visions were rare. So the priest of God did not hear from heaven, but a young boy who did not even know the Lord did because he was in the tabernacle. He was in the sanctuary. And the Bible says he was right by the ark of God where his presence was. If you want to hear the voice of God, it doesn't matter what your title is. If you're not in the right place, proximity, if you're not in the right place, right by the ark of God, right by his presence, you're not going to hear him. And so, and so I love Mary and Martha. They're in, the, they're, in the, they're in the same house, but Martha is in a different room working, being busy about doing ministry things, and, and Mary's at Jesus' feet. If Jesus whispered in that moment, who do you think is going to hear him? The one closest to him, right beside him, who has his ear, who has his voice right there. She's, she's going to hear him. And so, and so that's the work that... that was put together secrets to hearing God's voice and, and being able to use what God gives you and speaks to you. Do y'all remember the old radios? I don't know if many of you remember the old radio that had the little orange or red dial that you had to... This book is kind of like that red that, that dial. is like you're turning and you hear static of the world, static on TV, static on CNN, static on Fox, static on every... It's just static. It's just filler. <laughs> But if you want to hear the voice of God, you have to go past You remember you'd hear a little something and you'd go past it? And you're like, whoa, back it up a little bit. And you'd back up and you hear a little something clearer. Then you'd go past it and get more static. But if you just get that dial just right and then leave it, just touch it. Just, just, just walk away. Don't touch it again. That's what the Lord wants us to do in our spiritual walks to develop an ear and hear. It's going to require us to step away from static and plug into what really works. For your family, for your job, for your children, this is the answer. And so we need to hear from heaven so we can echo what he's saying. Don't tell me what you think. Tell me what he said. Well, anyway. Thank God for the worship team. Wasn't that amazing? Man, I love that. I love praise and worship. I love, I I figured out in, in, in 21 years of being in full-time ministry, 30 years of walking with the Lord, I have... I have, it's taken me a while, but I've discovered that whatever I don't turn into praise will eventually turn into pride. So whatever God does in your life, let's make sure we're always lifting our hands and lifting our voices. It's to Him. He's the one that does it. He's the one that gives us breath. He's the one that gives us life. And so we have to praise Him. Whatever we don't turn into praise will turn into pride. We don't want that. Amen? Somebody said amen. amen. Hey, if you got your Bibles, would you go to Judges chapter 16? 
Judges chapter 16, and then, and then hold your spot in Judges chapter 16. Judges 16, and then we're going to go to Luke 23. So hold your spot. Do whatever you have to do to mark your spot in Judges 16. And then real quick, look at Luke chapter 23. We'll start at Luke 23, and then we'll go back to Judges 16, if that's okay. Luke 23, verse 32. A.W. Tozer said, while you're turning there, A.W. Tozer said that modern Christianity has been so watered down. Look at this. Modern Christianity has been so watered down until the solution is so weak that if it were poison, it wouldn't hurt anyone. And if it were medicine, it wouldn't cure anyone. A.W. Tozer said that. How much more does that apply in this day, in 2023, that modern Christianity, today's Christianity, so watered down, so diluted? I mean, my God, I got to be careful. Me and Paula saw something this morning, uh, a a picture and somebody's autographed, and I was like, hey, who is that? And they said, "That's that's that's a Christian rapper. You wouldn't know she's a Christian rapper by the way she's dressed. By the way, she's posing. I thought, my God, that came straight out of a magazine that my daddy... That's a Christian rapper? We're failing. What is... She's dressed like that and posing like... What in the world are we doing? They said, no, she's a Christian rapper. We're so watered down. You can't tell who's godly and who's profane and vile. You don't... it's It's so watered down. My God, look at the modern Christianity so watered down till the solution is so weak. If it were poison, it wouldn't hurt anybody. And if it were medicine, it wouldn't cure anyone. we got to fix that. We have to fix that. Amen? Luke 23. Look at a verse. We'll start at verse 32. This is, this is Jesus. He's, he's on the cross with two other criminals. The Bible says two other criminals. Led away to be put to death with him, Luke 23, 32. Two others who were criminals led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, they were crucified. There they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. So Jesus is in the middle. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't don't know what they're doing. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him saying, he saved other people. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, let him save himself. The soldiers also mocked him. Everybody's mocking him. Coming up, offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. We are criminals. He's saying we're criminals. We're getting what we paid for. But this man has done nothing wrong. And Jesus said, uh, he said, and he said, the criminal said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Say, remember me. The criminal says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Jesus says, truly, I say to you today, you'll be with me in paradise. 
Now go back to Judges 16 real quick. Somebody say, remember me. Remember. Judges chapter 16. Judges 16, we'll look at verse 4. This is, to understand the text, you have to understand the context. And so there's going to give you, we're going to give you a little bit of context this morning before we jump right into this. This is going to be powerful. I believe it. Judges 16, verse 4. After this, Samson, this is talking about Samson. After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Say Delilah. Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, seduce Samson. Seduce him. See where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him. That we may bind him to humble him. We will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and how you might be bound, that one could subdue you. Samson said to her, Well, um, if you bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now she had men lying in ambush in an inner chamber, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the bowstrings as a thread of flax snaps when it touches the fire. So the secret of the strength was not known. Verse 10. Then Delilah said to Samson, Behold, you've mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me how you might be bound. And he said to her, Well, um... If they buy me with new ropes that have not been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So Delilah took new ropes, bound him with all of them, and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And the men lying in ambush were in an inner chamber, but he snapped the ropes off his arms like a thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound. And he said to her, Well... If you weave the seven locks of my head with a web and fasten it tight with a pin, then I should become weak like any other man. So while he slept, Delilah took seven locks of his head, wove them into the web, and she made tight the pin and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled away the pin in the loom and waved his hair back and forth. She said to him, How can you say I love you when your heart's far from me? You've mocked me these three times. You've not told me where your great strength lies. When she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all that was in his heart. And he said to her, "Um, No razor has ever come upon my head. For I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me and I'll become weak like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all in his heart, he She sent the lords of the Philistines saying, come up again. He's told me all this in his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her, brought her money, put it in her hands. And she made Samson sleep on her knees. Men, you better be careful where you put your head. Mm. She made him sleep on her knees and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I'll go out at times and shake myself free just like I did before. Watch this. This is so incredible. But the Bible says he did not know that the Spirit of the Lord had left him. That could be said about the church today. That the church did not realize that the Spirit of the Lord had left them because they had broke some covenant. 
Verse 21, And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, and bound him with bronze shackles, and he ground at the mill in the prison. I'll talk about that in just a moment. Gouged out his eyes, bound him with bronze shackles, and he ground at the mill. Skip down to verse 28. Then Samson called to the Lord, O Lord God, please remember me. Somebody say, remember me. And give me my strength back that I may avenge the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two pillars which the house rested on and he leaned his weight against them and his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all of his strength and the house fell upon the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead he killed at his death were more than he killed his entire life. Lord, this is your word. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It brings correction, instruction. Lord, today let it bring transformation to all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're one of those note takers, would you just put at the top of your page, remember me? Remember me. Paper never forgets. Sometimes I forget what he talked about. Sometimes I forget what I talked about. But I can go back and look at my notes and remember me. Two times, two testaments, two men. One a criminal, one Samson. Both said two words, the exact same. Remember me. At the North Georgia Revival in Dawsonville, where God sat down five years ago, people have come from all over the world. I've baptized, my wife and I have been in the water. We've baptized people from Tokyo, Japan, Amsterdam, Guam, Netherlands, you name it. They've been from all over the world, and they've experienced this incredible move of God called the North Georgia Revival. But it's spreading all over the world. It's spreading. Can I show you a couple of the people that's been to the water and been baptized and had a miraculous testimony? Can, can I show you the first one? This is Alex. This man gets in the water, and I'm, I'm standing over to the side over here getting ready to baptize him. And This is the, after he comes up out of the water. We always ask four questions at the North Georgia Revival. What's your name? Where are you from? Why are you in the water? And do you want to hold your nose? The last one's very important. People say, uh, especially the men, no, I'm good, I'm good. And they'll go under and come up and they're, you know, trying to get 18 gallons of water back out of them. Should have held your nose. Alex gets in the water. What's your name? Alex, where are you from? He tells us. Why are you in the water? He said, he said sir, I've been a full-blown homosexual my entire life. All I've ever known is sleeping with men. I don't know if this church can handle this. Are y'all okay with that? Because if you want revival, the real is going to come. The dirty, the nasty, the broke, the prostitutes, the, the heroin addicts, they're going to come. So, so he said, I'm a full-blown homosexual. You know, you can hear people out there. Oh. Jesus never went, oh. never. Didn't matter if you were a leper, homosexual. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Just come as you are. So we said, okay, what do you want? He said, I want to be free. I said, okay, you're going to be free tonight. How can you say that? Faith. Mountain-moving faith. We baptize this man. He comes up, screams the loudest scream I've ever heard in my life. It came from way down in here. I call this picture roar because I heard something come out of this former homosexual that I've never heard. There was a worship that came from deep within. There was this praise, this cry that came from deep within of freedom. Oh, it, I mean, it just kept going and going. This roar. That was in 2019. 2021, 22, it was 22, it was three years later. We're in Bowling Green, Kentucky. 
I'm standing by a swimming pool. We're baptizing in Bowling Green, Kentucky. There are pools entering sanctuaries all over the nation. I don't know if you know this or not. People are having to put pools. We have four pools in our church right now that we baptize in every Sunday night. I was in Bowling Green, Kentucky. We're baptizing. It's like 2 in the morning. Somebody comes up and taps me on the shoulder. I said, yeah, turn around. It's a girl taking pictures. She goes, hey, do you remember Alex? You baptized him. I was like, We baptized 32,000 people. <laughs> Which one? Be more specific. She said, Alex, he was a former homosexual. I was like, oh yeah, I share his picture everywhere I go. How do you know him? She goes, he's my best friend. He got baptized in 2019. She said, Marty, he's still free. He's still free. God set him free of a homosexual spirit from his entire life. He, all he'd ever known was men. God set him free. This next one, look at this one. This is Zach Cook. Zach came and got in the water. He said, I'm Zach. I'm from Kennesaw, Woodstock area in Georgia. I said, why are you in the water? He said, my marriage is over. I've got the papers. She's got the papers. I've got my lawyer. She's got her lawyer. It's over. I said, then why are you in the water? He said, I want God to restore my marriage. We said, absolutely. We prayed the scripture. We prayed the word. We prayed with faith. We anointed him with oil like the Bible says in James 5. If any of you are sick, a broken marriage is still sickness. Don't just think of sickness as in physical we said, okay, we anointed him, prayed over him, baptized him. This is what happens. Look, I can't explain it. He's an educated man. He's a chiropractor. But when the Spirit of God sits down on you, this is the majority of the people just go out. I can't explain it. It's like God gives them this shot and knocks them out. The only way I can explain it is like God's doing surgery and he needs you to get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so this is that. Next, next picture. Watch this. One month later. People come and get baptized many times. This is not a conversion water baptism revival. This is, a, this, is a, this is an extension of the altar. You don't come to the altar one time and pray and then leave and never come back to the altar. This is an extension of it. People say, why are you baptizing more than once? I don't know. Ask Naaman. He dipped seven times. Huh? Well, no, no, no. So people say, well, well no, 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 baptism is, is for salvation only. I said, really? Yes, it's salvation only. I said, why was Jesus baptized? What did he need to get saved from? He knew no sin. So that won't stand. You can't use that as just for salvation. Jesus never sinned. He was the Savior. He didn't need salvation. He was salvation. And they're like, well, but, but, but. I said, we need to move your butt. Can we say that in Indiana? Sorry. He comes back in a month later. I said, Zach, you're back. He went, I said, wait for what? We got to go. We got 150 people in line. He's like, mm. he holds out his hand. This girl beside him comes walking down the steps. I said, who is she? He said, that's my wife. Come on. One month later, they're baptized together. Next picture, watch this. They renewed their vows in Dawsonville, Georgia. God restored their marriage. That's not the end of it. Next picture, look. They had a baby. First baby. God restores their marriage. God just doesn't do what you ask. He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all of that. Gave them a baby. But look, they're from Charlotte, North Carolina. They live in Kennesaw. They said our all-time favorite is Dr., the late Dr. Reverend Billy Graham. So they named their baby, their first baby, Dawson Graham Cook. Graham after Billy Graham and Dawson because they said God restored our marriage right here in Dawson County, 
Dawsonville, Georgia. Our baby's named Dawson. And all he will ever know is revival. All he'll ever know is the goodness of God, the glory of God. Next picture. We got to go. This is Olivia. This is a little, I think, eight, nine, ten-year-old little girl. I preached one night at the North Georgia Revival. She's standing right down here. I'm getting ready to get my, my Bible and my notes and head off so I can go change to get ready for the baptisms. And our worship pastor grabs me and says, hey, you need to pray for this little girl. I said, well, we have an entire prayer and altar team of like 75 people. They can pray. She's like, no, she's asking for you. And so I stepped down. I said, what do you need, sweetheart? Olivia, she said, she said sir, I need help. I said, what do you need help for, Olivia? She said, I was molested when I was four years old by my uncle. My uncle violated me and did things to me that I've not told anybody. I need God to heal me. I'm mad. I can't sleep. I have nightmares. I feel dirty. I feel wicked. I feel ashamed. I'm, I'm, I'm shameful. I don't know how to get rid of this. All I think about when I lay down is what he did. I can smell him. I hate it. And I don't want to hate him. Can God heal me? I said, 100%. We prayed for that little girl right here at the little altar. Next picture. She, she, I don't know how to explain it. She falls out. I didn't push her. Nobody kicked her. Nobody punched her. God just has a moment where he says, okay, I need you to get out of the way so I can do surgery. That precious little girl laid there, tears streaming down her cheeks. Next thing I know, we're in the water. About an hour later, here comes this little girl into the water. This little girl gets the microphone. She said, hey, if you're out there and you've been raped, molested, sodomized, if, if, if you've been tortured as a child, if, you, if you've been violated by a family member or a pastor or anybody, God wants to heal you. This little girl starts preaching in the baptismal pool. We're like, she said, but God can heal you because he just healed me. Forty-something people. Forty more people get in the water. There was a pastor there. A pastor. He said, I've been pastoring for 40 plus years. And nobody but my wife knows this. But I was molested as a little boy. And I'm in ministry. And I pastor and I preach all over the world. But I'm tormented in my mind. I'm tormented. And I want to be free. And that little girl's sermon from a little baptismal pool set 40 to 45 other people free. 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 God's not using celebrity preachers much anymore. He's getting people out of the spotlight and using little bitty girls that are so innocent. God's using her to preach the gospel. Why is he screaming? Because he gets excited. I don't know. Next picture. We got to hurry. I'm so, we got to hurry. Look at this. This little girl, Blair Robertson, she came. She said, Marty, my name's Blair. I heard that God healed a woman of stage four cancer. And if God can heal that woman of cancer, he can heal me. I said, 100%. What's wrong with you? She said, I'm 100% deaf in my left ear. When I was little, I think she was one year old, one, one and a half, she had a severe ear infection, and the doctors mistreated her, misdiagnosed her, so they mistreated her. The treatment wasn't what she needed. And so it killed everything in her left ear. It left her 100% deaf. Every time she did the little test at school, she failed because she couldn't hear anything. She said, but I heard that God heals. And I want to be healed today. We anointed that little girl, prayed for her right there in the water. We've got it on video. We've got it. We've shown it all over. Right there in the water, this little girl goes underneath the water, comes up. She's like, ah, ah. 
She goes back to school. She's passing all the tests with flying colors. Her ear is 100% open till this day. To this day, it's still open. She'll be on the ISN network in May giving her testimony about how God healed her three, four years ago, 100% deaf. How do you explain that? Easy. Isaiah 35, 5. When the Messiah comes, he will open up the blind eye and unstop the deaf ear. Jesus is, this is how you explain it. Jesus is doing what Jesus said he would do. That's it. Next picture. This is little, little Brenna, 17 years old. Brenna gets in the water, cutting herself. She's addicted to meth at 17. I don't know about Scottsburg, but in, in Dawsonville, we have a tremendous meth problem. 17, addicted to meth, cutting herself because she said, that's the only way I can relieve the pain myself. Nobody else controls that pain on my life. I do. Look at that. My wife and I, she's in the water with me. We can feel the ridges. You can see the ridges. You see that? You could feel the ridges in her arm. I said, is it okay if we take some oil and put over your arm? It's James chapter 5. It's scriptural. I didn't make it up. It's in there. James 5. She said, do whatever you want to do. I just want to be free. My wife and I take oil, pour it over her arm, start rubbing her arm and praying in the name of Jesus. No other name. He's the only way. The only way. He's the only one with this kind of power. I can't heal nobody. Jesus heals. Right? He tells us to go and do it, but it's him that does. He's the one that paid for it, not me. Not her. Not pastor. Not any of the. Jesus does it. We pray for this little girl, rub our hands over her arm, pray for her in the name of Jesus. Be gone. And watch this. This is the end of the night, out of the water. Look at that arm. Can we go back to that first picture? Can we go back? Look. Look at the tattoo. Forgive the heart. Same arm. That, that picture with the cuts was, I think, the week before she came to us, what Pastor said. This is the night of. She just got out of smooth as a baby's um, face. <laughs> smooth as a baby's face. Why? Because God not only, Jesus not only wants to heal the pain on the inside, he'll take the scars. The enemy, the enemy knows your name, but wants to, wants to identify you by your scars. There's Marty, the old, the old, the old uh, alcoholic. Marty, the nicotine addict. Marty, the porn addict. That's, that's the, uh, Billy, the drunk. There's Susie that slept with everybody in high school. He, he knows your name. The enemy knows your name, but he wants to identify you by your scars. Jesus knows your scars, but identifies you by your name. He said, daughter, son, that's my child, that's my boy. He knows the scars, but he calls you by who you are. Not what you did. My God. And so here's Samson. Y'all thought I forgot about Samson. Here's Samson. The Spirit of the Lord filled this man, Samson, full of the Spirit of God. And here comes this little girl, teenage girl, falls in love with her. She says, come to my house. We got to talk. We're going to go out on a date, whatever. She, she, she brings him in and she has... She has a, a, made a pact with the enemy. We're going to take this man's life. We're going to figure out where his strength comes from. And takes the money. And, and, and Samson, the Bible says they, they, that he tells her, he makes up these stories. Well, you know, if you'll bind me up in ropes. And they did that. Well, if you'll take new, you know, new string. Well, if, you, if, you, if, you, you know, if you'll just weave 
give me a good weave, take my hair and just you know, put it in a French braid, I'll lose my power. They do that, nothing. He still has power. Until they shave his head. I said, my God, if the power of God is in somebody's hair, I'm in trouble. <laughs> if the power was in his hair, I'm in trouble. I said, Lord, I don't understand. They shave his head, he loses his power. Why would he lose his power by shaving his head? He said, you're missing the point. It wasn't in the hair. It's not the hair, but it's the hair. I'm like, God, you're so confusing. What do you mean? Marty, a Nazarite vow means I will touch no dead thing. I will drink no stiff drink, and I will let no razor touch my head. That's the commitment he made to God. That's the commitment his parents made with God. We will not let him drink strong drink. Parents, y'all need to hear this. We will not let him drink strong drink. We will not let him uh, uh, touch dead things. Hello? Some of the video games your kids are playing are dead things. But anyway, don't drink, dead, uh, don't, don't drink uh, stiff drink. Don't touch dead things and don't let a razor touch his head. Well, we know he had already dipped into a carcass and got some honey. He touched a dead thing. We know he was a host of a big banquet and a big party. And the host in that day had to take the first drink from the first toast. Two strikes, touch the dead thing, drink a strong drink. And then the last straw, the third thing, they, he, he let them shave his head. A Nazarite vow was, God, I will not shave my head. This is the crown you gave me, and so my hair is like a gift unto you. And he broke his commitment to the Lord. The moment he broke that third commitment, he lost all of his power. He said, I'll come out and do the same thing I did before. And flex, and nothing happened because the Spirit of God had left him. Then they take him down and they gouge out his eyeballs. Pastor, I believe this is a generation where the Lord, is, the Lord is, has given us vision, but the enemy's trying to steal it. You can't see your marriage restored, so you won't believe for it anymore. You can't see your kids coming off drugs and alcohol because they've been on it so long, and so the enemy's still in your vision of seeing them re restored back to the rightful place. So if you can't see it, you'll never be it. You've got to be able to see it. God restore vision in the house of God. God restore vision to our families. They gouged out his eyes, and the next thing they did, they bound him up in bronze fetters. This is the most bound generation that's ever walked planet Earth. Not just bound to porn, not just bound to nicotine, not just bound to alcohol, bound to cell phones, bound to social media, my Lord. If the enemy can't get you bound up to something that you're putting in your body, he'll get to something that you're putting in your eyes and in your mind. Spend all day scrolling, 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 but not scrolling the right things. You know? The Lord's like, I want to restore some things. So they gouge out his eyes. They bound him up. He's bound up. He, he's addicted to whatever he's bound. We're all bound up. But then the last thing, so fascinating. The Bible says that they made him grind grain in the prison. I was like, Lord, what's so bad about grinding grain in the prison? So I began to do research and found that the ones who were the ones, the only ones who were allowed to grind grain in the prison were the females. So the enemy is saying, I will not only steal your vision and keep you bound up, I want to shame you. I want to humiliate the strongest man to ever live. Now we want to give you the job of a woman. Isn't it just like today to get so confused of whether I'm a man or I'm a woman? There's a spirit of Samson. There's a spirit of Samson that the enemy has tried to place on the generations today. I don't know if I'm a guy, a girl, a cat. A, uh, they're identifying as everything. What We have lost our minds. 
He created them male and female. That's it. That's it. And so Samson gets to the place he's humiliated. They're mocking him. He gets to the place he can't see. He has no vision anymore. They stole his vision. They, they stole his, his... He's bound up. They stole his freedom. But my God, I believe we can get to a place where we can see more with our eyes closed than we can with them open. And so here's Samson. His eyes are out. His, he's bound up. He's chained up. And, and he's grinding grain. He's humiliated. And he finally realizes... can't do this on my own. I can't do this anymore. And he says two words. He prays two words. Remember me. Not that God had forgotten about him, but that he was so broken apart. He was so dismembered. Doesn't have his eyes. Don't have his freedom. He doesn't have his pride, his, his, his pride in the Lord. He doesn't have his his, his, the Spirit of God's left him. He's broken apart. He's dismembered. He's like, Lord, put me back together. Lord, put my, my life is a wreck. It's a train wreck. Pull me back together. Put me back together. Oh, God, remember me. Same thing as the prisoner, the, the, the criminal on the cross. He's broken. His life's destroyed. He's been stealing. He's been whatever he was doing in this criminal activity that got him on a cross, crucifying him right beside Jesus. He's like, oh my God, I'm guilty. My life has been so torn apart. My family's torn apart. What did I do? But Jesus, remember me. Put me back together somehow, some way before it's too late. And Jesus says, today. Today. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not next month, not the next conference. Today, you'll be put back together. Can we stand? We gotta, we gotta close. Can we stand. We have somebody on the keys, or however you do it here. Can we stand? All these people coming from all over the world to a little old town, Dawsonville, Georgia, known for two things: NASCAR and moonshine. I'm telling the truth. Known for NASCAR and moonshine. Pastor, we had no idea. We had no idea. But back in the day, moonshine was known as fire water. And God is restoring what the enemy meant for harm. Fire water with fire. Isn't it just like God to do that? You're known for two things. NASCAR and moonshine. Fire water. But I'm going to restore that. I'm taking back fire water. That belongs to me. The enemy always wants to pollute, convolute. The enemy always wants to, 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 to confiscate and counterfeit what God has real for you. So the enemy took fire water and God said, nope, that's mine. I take it back. All these people are coming to Dawsonville, not for great messages, not for great sermons, not for great preachers, not for great worship, not for great any kids ministry, not for great youth ministry. There's no spotlights. You won't see us on TBN. You won't see what you will see is the presence of God. We need you, Lord. If we don't have you, we don't have nothing. And so these people are coming and they're broken. Brenna's arm, I'm broken. I'm, I'm addicted to mess. Alex, I'm, I'm broken. I'm dismembered by homosexuality. 
Reed, can we show the picture of the little... Uh, uh, Lorraine, the, look, look at this. Let's get, last one, last one. Golly, I don't have enough time. We're in, we're in, where were we? Columbia, South Carolina. We're baptizing. Yeah, go back to that picture you had, that picture. We were in, we were in South Carolina baptizing. This 26-year-old youth leader gets in the water. And, it, and, I'm, and I'm not making fun. I'm giving you an idea of what he did. His eyes kept twitching. And his, every once in a while, he'd do his shoulder. He's kept like that. And I said, are you okay? He said, yes, okay. I just have Tourette's and it's incurable. I said, I'm, I'm sorry. He said, I have, I have Tourette's. And he kept twitching. He said, I have Tourette's. And it's incurable. It's what they said. I said, they told you that. He said, yeah, it's incurable. I said, they told you that. They told you that. They, they told you that. He didn't say that. They told you that. He said, yeah, they did. I said, what happened? He said, I was five years old. I was on my grandmother's bed playing. I was fine. And I jumped off and fell and hit my head. And I wake up and I'm, I'm twitching. I've never stopped. He said, I'm 26 years old. For 21 years, he's had to do this. I said, I said, is it embarrassing? He starts crying. He goes, it's so embarrassing. I can't control it. So embarrassing. I said, then what do you want Jesus to do for you? He said, I want to be healed. We prayed for Hayden, baptized him, anointed him. That next morning, me and Paul are driving back to Dawsonville. I'm sitting in Dawsonville Sunday morning. That was Saturday night. I'm sitting in Dawsonville Sunday morning. I get a text message. Hey, this is Pastor Austin. Remember Hayden you baptized last night? I said, yeah, I do. 26 years old. Had Tourette's. He said, had. He said, Marty, he wakes up this morning and there's no ticking. Last night, he went back to the room and there was no ticking. And after he had his shower, he came out and told all the guys, hey, look, I'm not ticking. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. They're like, well, yeah. I mean, give it a while. It's only been an hour. He said, so I found some chocolate because chocolate would trigger it. Like it would, it would expedite the... He said, I'm eating chocolate. Nothing. Nothing. Next morning, nothing. Goes to breakfast, nothing. Next week, nothing. I reached out to him, I don't know, seven, eight months later. Hey, how's Hayden? He goes, Marty, zero ticks. God healed him of an incurable Tourette disease. And... And he said, now his family is asking him about this healing, how, about his God. About, so now he's got an avenue to talk about Jesus to his family. Don't tell me it's incurable. Jesus did not come to do the difficult. He came to do the impossible. So heads up, eyes open, everybody looking around. What's the impossible in your life? What is that thing you've been carrying and struggling with? What's, that, what's the bronze, bronze fetters in your life? What's the thing that's had you bound up for so many years and you want to be free? What's the, what's the thing in your life that has stolen your vision? You can't see your marriage strong and healthy again. What is it? Heads up, eyes open, everybody looking around. Jesus wants to heal you. Not tomorrow. Not next marriage conference. Not next service we get together. Not the next guest speaker. It's not about the guest speaker. It's about the presence of God. That's it. That's it. And so today he wants to meet with you. You have sickness in your body? Your marriage need to be restored? You don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I mean, this is a phenomenal church, Elevation Church. We love your church. We, love, we feel like we're family. I don't know. We'll probably be that uncle you can't get rid of. But we just feel like that in this place, in this atmosphere, there might be one person. It might be two. It might be 20. I don't know. That you do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way to heaven. 
Despite what Oprah or anybody else told you, there's not multiple ways to heaven. I don't care if a pastor told you that. He's wrong. Jesus said, I'm the only way, the only truth, the only life. Nobody comes to the Father unless you come through me. Heads up, eyes open, everybody looking around. And you can say, honestly, honestly, I've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But today, I want to repent of my sins. I want to turn from my wicked ways. I want to put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to inherit eternal life. Pray this prayer. Everybody praying it for the first time. Maybe those who are praying it for the first time. Pray it with them. Lord Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I've done some bad things. But Jesus, I know. You came to live for me. Die for me. Rose again for me. And today, I ask you to save me. Rescue me. Deliver me. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer. If you just prayed that prayer. The Bible says your name has been written in a book. So that you can not only inherit eternal life, but you can enjoy life here on earth. The God kind of life. You just prayed that prayer. Can we get the lights back up? I don't know. I just do it a little different. I'm I'm weird. I don't know. We want people to see. I want want you to be able to say, Hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. Now I'm letting everybody know. You just prayed that prayer to ask Jesus into your life for the very first time. Would you just step out and come stand right here, right now. Right now. Come. Come. Wherever you are. Young, young, old, seasoned, doesn't matter. If you just prayed that prayer, I gave Jesus Christ my life right now. I just repented. And I'm accepting Him as Lord and Savior. If that's you, come stand right here. Anybody? It's a bold step. It is. That's what it takes. Jesus said, follow me. Honor me. Accept me. Recognize me in front of the Father. I'll recognize you. But deny me and I'll deny you. Anybody that says, I just prayed that prayer. I'm born again. Come. Anybody? Who in the room says, I've got sickness in, the, in my body. I, I would love prayer right now. you got sickness in your body. Lord, you don't have to have a baptismal pool. He can heal you right here, right now. Somebody been suffering with migraines? Where are you? Struggle with migraines. Where are you? Come here. Come here. Come here. Just stand right here. Anybody? Sickness in your body? Migraines? I just felt migraines. How long have you been struggling with migraines? All your life. So how old are you? 17? Uh, <laughs> Smart man. We got, we, we, got to, we got to move. I know we got another service. But, but watch. What the Lord Jesus does, it doesn't take days, weeks, months, years. He can do in one moment with the king. Changes everything. Migraines? What you got? What's going on? You need, you need new kidneys. Well, I know who has new kidneys. I know who, there's a room full of them. Brand new. On the, on the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull, he won for you. 31 years or ish, two decades at least, you've been suffering with migraines. Watch. I'm not going to touch you because for so long we've placed the anointing on people. It's His anointing. It's His glory. It's His power. So we're going to let some other women, altar workers, just come and put their hands on you. If you're, if you're down here and you have sickness in your body, just lift your hands. Just close your eyes. Why do we close our eyes? Because I don't want you to see anybody but Jesus. I just want you to get your eyes on Him. Jesus is King. 
Just a couple of men we can get right here to pray for this gentleman here. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You paid the price. You alone are found worthy, Lord Jesus, to break the back of the enemy. Sickness and disease, migraines, you have to go. The enemy has loosened his grip. Now, loose your grip. Let her go. Let them go. Strengthen, strengthen the kidneys. Brand new kidneys. Brand new kidneys. Strengthen the feeble knees and the hips and the back, Lord. Head to toe. Crown to the feet, Lord. We release healing in Jesus' mighty name. This is what you paid for, Lord Jesus. You paid for this. We receive it, O oh God. Healing. You said we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Recover in Jesus' name. Recover in Jesus' name. Recover in Jesus' name. Recover in Jesus' name. Hey. Recover in Jesus' name. Migraines go. Pain and symptoms go. According to Romans 8, 11, if the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within these, your people, you would quicken. You would quicken their mortal bodies. Quicken their mortal bodies. Strength come back in Jesus' name. Remember me. Put me back together, Lord. Heal me. Deliver me. Mm. Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're out there and you're hungry for God, you want to be filled with His Spirit, you want God to fill you with His glory, right where you're standing, just lift your hands. Say, Jesus, fill me. I want the fire of God to fall on my life. I want you to burn out everything that doesn't look like you. If there's any area of darkness within me, burn it up, Lord. Send the fire, O oh God. Consume me with your glory. Consume me. Consume me, Lord. Give me a hunger for your word. A hunger for your presence, Lord. I'm desperate for you. Desperate for you. Desperate for you. Be filled with the fire of God. Be filled with His glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.